Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm Linda. I'm Charles. I'm Seth. I'm Chris. I'm and Stu. he's Stu. And uh, we'll we'll get into uh, the special reason why uh, Stu is a special guest on this week's episode in a bit. So we're going to save that for a little teaser. Uh, first thing though, we wanted to jump into, uh, Thor love and thunder. We've kind of talked about this a little bit before, um, with, uh, Seth and Chris, uh, but Charles, uh, just saw oh, it. I, yeah. I didn't care and, for it at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Excuse me. So, well, it like, it's like watching the third star Wars all over again. Oh. <laughs> but, well, what did you hate about it specifically? Oh, well, it's, it starts out cute. It starts out cute. Then they have to throw the death and dying on top of it. Oh, dear. It, real, real life death and dying on top of the fake death and dying battle stuff. And I, I, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I just. I don't think it's a good combo. Some of the stuff's cute. I didn't mind Zeus being. Um. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. I mean, yeah. He, uh, but I think if, if I think if they'd stuck to comedy, it would have been all right. But um, so you're saying it was part comedy, part? They attempted. They attempted drama. So serious, I, a drama in there. At least I think that was the attempt. <laughs> so unless cancer is funny, it might be. I don't uh, know. So maybe let's. <laughs> Just Let's do a, re a quick people. recap of the story. All right, Seth, <laughs> so why people don't you know take what we're talking about. Uh, Thor: Love and Thunder picks up after Endgame, while uh, Thor is going around with the Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, doing things and whatnot. Uh, he's getting back in shape, and we get a fun little montage and. Uh, but back on Earth, we reconnect with Jane, who has been diagnosed with stage four cancer, and she is attempting to kind of deal with that. Mm -hmm. uh, and while she does, uh, she uh, one of the things that she wants to do is go check out New Asgard, hoping that maybe space magic can uh, yep. cure her. can cure her. And we we find out that a little kind of yes, uh, because they have the shards of Mjolnir that got shattered in uh, Thor Ragnarok. They have them there, and when she approaches, they 
energize and reform into the hammer and uh, she becomes mighty Thor. Uh, not uh, uh, so it, Jane, but in the Thor costume with the, with a helmet with wings and whatnot. So it, yeah. And, uh, and I'll, I'll add that, you know, that it didn't end up being a cure for Jane. It just yeah. prolonged the inevitable. Yeah. And every time uh, she transformed, it accelerated. I think the cancer, if I recall. Yeah, they they, they somewhere oh. in yeah in the middle they did do that. They made it, it even made the cancer worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, it yeah. made the cancer worse because it was stopping her body's ability to fight it off, which didn't seem like it was actually working too well anyway. So I don't. No. It's kind of a wash, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But meanwhile, also uh, going on is uh, the. Uh, Gore the God Butcher. So now a... I do have to say, I, I well see this is where it was disappointing. I liked the um the very beginning. I, not that the girl died and stuff, but that you have um a character that's becoming I, I he's atheistic, I guess, in a way. Well he, he believes in the gods, gods anyway. Well, he just is going to kill them all. He's gonna kill them all, yeah, and that uh, that was uh, it's, but it's still, I don't so, know. Yeah, uh, Gore the God Butcher. Uh, is, we see him uh, or first on a desert trekking across a desert planet with his, uh, we assume, daughter, and uh, they're both inches away from death, and then. Uh, his daughter fully on fully dies, and then Gore uh, continues to walk after that, grieving only to meet his god that he uh, actively worshipped. And the god did not care about him; told him there was no afterlife. They were merely tools to be used for worship. And hmm. due to a narrative uh, narrative fluke, there just happened to be a sword nearby that allowed him to kill right. said god. There's a lot of happenstance in this. Yeah. One. Yeah. Oh, oh look, a sword that will kill a god. I I mean, <laughs> what are the odds? In in the movies, defense comics use this sort of stuff all the time. Fair. Uh Well, sure. But that that that, that yeah. was the fun. Killing the god was fun. Yeah. But that brings up a question, yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. If you if you ran into a god and you had a sword, would you gut him? Absolutely. No, that was actually wasn't my question. <laughs> oh no. My question was: if you had, if you were like that woman with stage four cancer, would you want to prolong it as long as possible and hang on to every ounce or every minute of your life, or would you say, "Fuck it, I don't care if I if I if I go." Mm -hmm. In the next hour, I'm going to have fun and and wield no, my she, warhammer. She, kind yeah, of I'm, I'm going to make the right decision. Let's see, Bill. Would I like to suffer through stage four cancer and just like die that kind of death? Here we or go again. would I like to pick up Mjolnir and run around looking right. like a, a space Viking for the last few months of my life, flying, tossing lightning, and being an ultimate badass? So, what a decision! So you're saying you'd go with the first option? I'll have to think about it, Bill. 
<laughs> have any of you guys ever seen the movie, the John Wayne movie, The Shootist? Yes. Oh, yeah. Actually. No. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. It's a it's a similar decision. Mm -hmm. I mean, you it's John Wayne has cancer, terminal prostate mm -hmm. cancer, and and is his doctor, used played by Jimmy Stewart, describes what he's gonna go through in the next few months, and it's just not pleasant. Mm -hmm. Significantly worse in 1901 than it would be today. Yeah. And, and well, that's, that's just and, and, and in his last visit, he says, I would not die the death that I just described. Yeah. And so John Wayne decides he's gonna go out like John Wayne. There's other yeah. guy movies. Jane makes kind of the same decision where she's yes. told that if she uses the hammer one more time, she's gonna die. But that's kind of uh, fulfill it fulfills a plot point later, or that was a, or something that was established earlier in the movie is uh, Valkyrie or Thor asks uh, Valkyrie how she wants to die, and she's like, "Well, in battle, I got to get into Valhalla." Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> well, what do you say to people that say, "Well, you should hang on to every last moment because what if they come up with a..." Cure that completely well, cures you. Yeah, well, uh, she was in uh, New Asgard, uh, had friends who could have gotten her in contact with any number of people in the Stark organization. Yeah, she's a uh, If anyone could have beaten stage four cancer, I think it would have been her. <laughs> but uh, so she, she, just... she probably could have. Ended up talking to uh, Wong, the Sorcerer Supreme, through her friends. And he might have said, you yeah, know, magic's <laughs> great, but stage four cancer, stage four cancer. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> right. We can do everything else. We could turn back time. We can alter dimensionals, you know, dimensions, but stage yeah. four cancer sucks. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Make, that make, was, yeah. Well, I you, do you have to. Thor's Valhalla line. I don't know if I. That was. That was great. I do have to. That was where 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 the the warriors got her uh, arms and legs cut off. Oh, Jesus! And she's like, "Well, yeah. you need to go to Valhalla." And Thor's like, "Well, yeah, no, you don't. that was the <laughs> battle." Yes, just to die <laughs> in battle, not survive and then die. Yes. Um, <laughs> so that was yeah, like Thor. Thor has a comical timing thing in terms of. Uh, that stuff i do i so i think might, if they left out the I, I i think it could have been a better if they'd separate either had it been one way or the other but they they mix both yeah, the mix is just that was hard to take and, and i think that's what rubbed me the wrong take. way so, that's what rubbed me the wrong way in the film i can see that i there were tonal things that felt weird but at the same time, I also really enjoyed how they chose to tell this story because if they would have done it, if they would have just chosen to go all serious, we would have had Thor Dark World again. Well, and I'm fine we with that. But it, all, as I always movie, say, I like the darker the better. But you know, well, I mean, the, the Dark World was not the best of the Thor movies by any measure. But I mean, uh, the so this is kind of a uh, Princess Bride movie where we're not watching the movie, we're watching Korg tell, a, or tell us the story of what uh, happened. That's sort of, yeah, we're watching a bad presentation. And, and so if you don't remember Korg, he's the yes, big, big rock, rock guy, guy that Taika Waititi plays. No. no. Okay. So we're 
all of the costumes were dialed up to 11 and looked like super 90s tacky and all the dialogue was weird and kind of <laughs> stuttery, we... kind of like Korg would have done. Right. Like, I thought it was a really fun way to do it. And like the the gore storyline is super dark. And Chris, I know you like super dark, but <laughs> I don't know if that would have made a great Marvel yeah. movie until they're ready to go full horror. Very just yeah. Well, I don't know how. Well, here's what I see. I don't know that. How do you make that transition? Because the trend, the direction they're going has been more laid back comedy type in a lot of their their films. Um, so, they, I thought they had a good balance um, earlier on in the Marvel films, and now I can't get a sense of you know, what direction we're going and, and how serious uh, some of these things are. And it seems like every time there's a world-ending event, these guys are just kind of jokesters and clowns every time they go up to the stage. So, Well, I mean, I, that kind of the, that's kind of the Marvel movie, though. And you've maybe, and maybe that is it. You've got yeah. heroes making witty retorts. And, and this is where oh. I prefer DC's take on it, where they strip all of that that joking out or whatever and it's just a dark time it's a dark world i know and it's so bleak and i don't like it it <laughs> sucks so much <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> i'm energized off of it because it's more yeah. it's more, more real it's more yeah. real i don't want so, not everything real. not everything can be sprinkles and fairy dust Seth. no fairy it's has... just the transport because because yeah. you have her her I want screaming jokes. That's what I want in my movie. <laughs> I don't know. And then the the the, the <laughs> battles the battles aren't. Right. I, I, I will say this for for what Thor: Love and Thunder was, um, they're getting really really good at their comedic takes. Right, they're getting really really good with their jokes. Um, I thought again the goats were a little bit overused. I love uh, it. It was freaking so hilarious much. the first couple the times. Goats, and after a while, there's scream there's screaming goats in here. Yeah. Uh, so once you in... see it, too, you'll get it. But it's are are, are, are those the, the goats from from Nor from Norse mythology? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I love those goats. Those goats, those goats are great. Yeah. Yeah. So that, they were actually it was a nod to the North mythology of Thor, and I loved that. Does one of them have a limp? A, a, a what? No, they didn't go that that deep into. Uh, oh my god! Uh, <laughs> and they're always yeah. screaming with human voices. Yes. In, 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 in Norse mythology, one of the goats has a limp because there was this uh, person they were staying with. Uh, you see, what Thor would do is Thor would oh, kill right, the goat. Oh yeah, I know this one. Go and, ahead. And then he'd eat the meat, and then you just lay the bones and the hides out, and Thor okay. would clunk it with Mjolnir, and and you'd have goats again. But one of these kids. <laughs> You know, really wanted to suck the last marrow out of one of the bones, and so he broke it. And so well, when Thor tried that, one of the goats had a little limp. Oh, irritated <laughs> Thor to some degree, and so the kid had been becoming his his slave for like a year. So that's him. Yeah. And it was all Loki's fault too. Loki encouraged him to oh, suck the marrow Loki out did. of yeah, the goat because it would grant him the power of the goat or something about that. Well, maybe um, that's a future the whole thing time that he was in. just kind of. Stirring shit into <laughs> Thor's morning coffee. 
See, that would have been I, that I would have liked to have seen that. The, the I love that. Flash and then him rise. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, so, and, better and, do death and dying. Let's do of, it. Speaking of nods to the mythology, I'm as you're talking about Jane um, having cancer, I am so reminded of the death of Car of Captain Marvel comic arc from 40 years ago. Where they re has anybody else read this? I'm not no. familiar with that one. No, it was really something else. That's how the original. Uh, well, not the original Captain Marvel. That's that's Shazam. That's Billy Batson. But the original Marvel comics version of Captain Marvel passed as they had him. They had him get cancer, mm -hmm. and you have a comic arc of three or four books where it's yeah, where you bring up these same type of type of arguments of you people can do incredible things with super science, and here you're, here's your friend dying you of cancer, cancer, and what can you yeah. do? And there's then they're like there's really not a lot we can do about it, and it's it brings up some interesting ways of people relating to death because they have Ben Grimm is in there sitting with with, with Marvell, and he's you know this grizzled Air Force soldier. This you know, he's he's seen this before, and he knows how to react to it. And he's sitting in there reminiscing about the, the best fights they had and the best battles they had. And then it's time for Peter Parker to come in, and he takes one step into the room. And he just runs out crying. Hmm. And if you've been around people who are facing that situation, you know that's just how some people react to that situation. That was it was very it, it, it was a good way. I think it was the, the authors, the writers saying, We want to show this. We're not just gonna kill this character off for nothing. We want to show you know what what the process is like because someone's a better Thor love and thunder story right there. Yes, dark as can be. Right, <laughs> and, 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 and and then Marvel dies in the afterlife. He gets he gets to fight Thanos. So, huh? Okay. All right. Well, moving along. <laughs> something something more along Seth's line of uh, enjoyment. Uh, there was another. Uh, show or is along my Chris? line of enjoyment? What are you talking? About? Just not ours. Yeah, not a few of us others, which is fine. Again, it wasn't it wasn't a horrible movie. I just yeah. I, that flirting between drama and comedy. I um, haven't laughed that hard in two years. Okay, um, which part of moving along? <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I wanted to mention real quick about a new movie coming out. Uh, it's called Vesper, and uh, let me share my screen here a little bit. Um, hold on. I'm not as good at this as Linda is, or as quick. Well, you're uh, trying to do two things at once. You should have sent yes. it to me. You <laughs> should have. Chrome tab. There we go. Da, 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 da. There it is. And there we are. Okay. Oop. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So this is Vesper. Um, and it's a new sci-fi movie that's coming out. And if I scroll up here, so uh, after the collapse of Earth's ecosystem, Vesper, a 13-year-old girl struggling to survive with her father, must use her wits, strength, and biohacking abilities to fight for the future. So uh, you can see here some of the stuff. I like the fact that she's got this little floating uh, droid thing. It uh, and it's got like a drawn-on face on one side of it. it kind of reminds me of uh, from Castaway. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> well, son. Yeah. So uh, there's uh, some pictures. There's the 
the robot again. And I, I love the visuals in this thing. I think it looks really interesting and intriguing. So uh, that'll be fun to watch. That comes out September 30th. So we're right around the corner uh, from seeing that out. So I just wanted to bring that to people's attentions. Uh, looks like it will be available both in the theaters and on streaming at the same time. So definitely uh, got that on my list. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It, it looked like uh, the world they were building, um, you know, while it's kind of bleak, uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of things they create in it. Yeah, right. Agreed. All right. And then uh, was there another uh, show you want to talk about real quick, Chris? Arcane. I want to make sure we get the Stu, Stu's deal here. So, yeah. What was it, Chris? Arcane. Arcane, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, that one's been out for a while. Seth and I have watched it. I don't know that anyone else has watched it. I have not seen um, it. So Arcane is a, a, a Netflix uh, original animation based off a game, League of Legends. Um, oh, so it's a it cartoon. Is, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's a... Okay, we won't even get into that. I'm not going to entertain you on that one, Bill. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> It's based off of uh, a game, League of Legends, which has been out for a few years, and, and Netflix worked uh, in conjunction with Riot Games, who who made uh, League of Legends with another studio, and 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 built this uh, anime, uh, which basically um, is kind of based in a, a utopian uh, type of uh, city world, and um, it's based off of utopian? two sisters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got a, 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 you know, the the uh, the rich versus the poor uh, type of city, and it's based off of two sisters, uh, Vi or V, and uh, Lynx, and it takes place uh, over. Vi, I, I believe it's Vi. Yeah, and Vi. Jinx. Jinx. Sorry. Yeah, Vi and Jinx, and it takes place over three story arcs. Um, and uh, it kind of goes over this evolution of um, some type of magic being developed in a city and how that city changes over time. And they end up on two sides of um, this world where um, of a war, if you will, on the, uh, you know, the haves and the haves nots in this universe. So um, it was pretty unique. The, the animation style isn't something that I've, personally liked in recent years in terms of where things are going but i did sit down i did get captivated by this and i grew to really like what they did with this um it's one of the better action animes that i've seen in a really long time uh you know a 10 out of 10 in terms of what they were able to produce quality wise on this i think there's other animes that take a similar type of route but then don't actually do as good of a job in in production uh this one was a top-notch one in the storyline was absolutely phenomenal my favorite character is jinx and she's you know a little bit psycho in this uh through various reasons but yeah it was really good um uh anime ran pretty long for the three story arcs that they did a few episodes per arc um but yeah seth what do you want to add well i honestly i didn't expect much from this series when it was announced uh mm -hmm. like adaptations of video games attempting to uh turn video game lore into a coherent narrative in a series yeah never seems to work but or not never but rarely yeah uh, this they decided to focus i'm not a league of legends player but i know it's got a really big roster of different heroes and characters so they really kind of 
pared it down to just like a handful of heroes and had a main story to tell. And so they didn't they didn't stretch themselves too thin trying to include every single hero or thing from the game. Uh, they sprinkled in some good details here and there, but it was mostly the story of uh, Vi and Jinx. Mm-hmm. And I thought it really shined there. I thought it was really cool how they did. They don't like start off with this, like how they are in the game. The through the story, they develop the hex tech that develops the actual signature weapons that the characters use, and they're then narratively significant. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and the hex tech is um, there's these little stones that when you learn how to harness their powers, almost like unlimited unlimited power if you will uh but they were able to forge those into uh what they called hex tech into um you know tools used for mining or building or they could be used for weapons which Hmm. is you know there was political struggles over how they should be used all that kind of stuff yeah they also have these hex gates that enable fast travel between points in the world yeah so you and, see this in the arcs you see this transformation with hex tech into this more um advanced evolution technology evolution of their society but again you have that also separation between this upper class tier that has all the technology and the lower class that does not and they're yeah. plagued with these drugs and, and things of that nature um that they're killing them off and making a lot of people sick and things like that. So that's an example, one of the hex stones. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, like Vi and Jinx's story is a very personal story because they're uh, adopted sisters and they fall apart. And then uh, most of the series is like Vi trying to reestablish that connection, mm-hmm. but maybe Jinx is just too broken now to ever get along again uh there's uh, one of the other arcs is the inventor of the of hex tech and that part is a kind of political intrigue mm-hmm. uh social justice kind of thing where he originally made hex tech to make the world a better place but he gets sucked into the to the politics and power plays and kind of him and his partner kind of lose their vision and uh, through the arc of the story kind of regain their vision and their path uh and then there's the underworld battle that uh one of the main villains is going through to maintain control of the underworld but he's a more complicated villain than you really should expect because he's got some good motives his people were his people in the Undercity have been like tro- downtrodden and abused for generations. And what he's going for is their freedom from the Upper City. And he's chosen some really bad methods to do it. Yeah. And, and on lot. that, yeah, yeah. They, there was a lot to unpack. Um, yeah. It was very much, as Seth pointed out, much more an in-depth of a story than I thought that they could have extracted from a, a video game, but they did a really good job in focusing not on, you know, the video game aspect of it, but what's the story to tell here? What's yeah, the, the characters? Yeah. The, the characters. And it was, it was huge in that respect. And so I look forward to more of what they did with arcane because it was, um, 
it was pretty epic what they were able to put together there. And they did such a good job in not just focusing on one or two people, but there was at least, you know, six, seven, eight, maybe 10 characters that you really get attached to whether they live or die throughout the arcs um, and, and where things went. And to Seth's uh, point, I actually felt a little bit for, for the main villain at some aspect, because when they start diving into why he is the way he is, you start to understand that, you know, the ends don't always justify the means, but you understand why he was doing what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so while he took a dark path to get there um, and others were trying to take other paths, he, he saw it as, you know, we have to bring down, you know, the government kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. We have to bring down uh, those that, that are holding all the power. And you see these backdoor deals being done where, you know, he's working with some of the people up in the higher pol- politics and, and stuff like that uh, to try and make these deals and screw other people over and obtain power. And, and again, where, the, where, where Vi and, and Jinx get caught up in that is they get mixed up in the, in the different allegiances, if you will. And that's what drives them kind of apart. And then and near the end kind of starts to drive them together. So um, it's just two sisters wrapped up in that story, uh, a big sister, little sister kind of thing. And um, it, it's all surrounded, you know, personal tragedies and, and all that kind of stuff. But everyone has a backstory in this and they did a really good job of kind of tying everything together. Yeah. Okay. And like, I really love the art for it, too, because mm-hmm. I mean, it's a really this one is a really dark story. Yeah, there's nowhere near as much humor. Like all the humor is kind of the the uh, graveyard humor. Or, yeah, and, uh, humor. all of the art is bright and colorful and dynamic, and the cityscape looks really cool, mm-hmm. and the undercity looks really dingy, but there's still light down there and colors, and mm. like there's colors all over the place and that like that's one of the things i hate about uh, zach schneider's stuff is all the colors bled out i will i will grant you that it's all dark like, like not only is the story dark even the filming's dark i, I, I do not that. like that it's <laughs> visually boring and depressing all right but, well we're getting, we're getting yeah. a little long on time here so i want to make sure we jump over to Stu real yeah, quick. yeah so either way our yeah. recommendation is i think I could speak for Seth too is, is check it out. It's definitely great. It's All right. All right. Awesome. All right. So Stu, we've got a, a special uh, podcast event uh, that we're going to be um, talking about here in, uh, well, let's see, it'll air right after the one you're watching now. Um, so the end of this month, September 30th, we're going to a very spooky place. Stu, you want to uh, tell us about it? <laughs> well, yeah, uh, we a uh, couple of destinations on the way up there. Uh, there's a ghost town that is aptly named for our podcast, named called Venus. Mm. So, yes, quite literally, the folks you see before you will be venturing to Venus here on September 30th. Uh, last time I was there, I ended up buying a jar of cinnamon pickles from an Amish family, oh. which I didn't even realize we had any. Uh, any Amish settlements in Nebraska, but we, I, but I, found one. I don't think it's a settlement either. I think it's just literally just one family that's, that's done pretty well there. Very congenial mm-hmm. folks, by the way. You're very, huh. of this world. Cool, cool folks. Um, and Venus and, is a ghost town. Well, it is. Um, yes. Yes. It's not what you would normally think of as a, as a ghost town. There is 
there is just not much left out there, but that's mm-hmm. part of, that's part of the charm. That's part of the charm. And then from there on, the more substantial location is the Argo Hotel in Crofton, Nebraska. One of these hotels that was built in the, with the dawning of the railroad and the uh, cattle industry up in that in that part of the state. That yes, that is this beautifully restored hotel. It was it was restored when I was up there, and the people who have who have it now. Um, make a, a living out of restoring hotels to even or old locations like this to even more of their grandeur. Hmm. So it's going to be going to be looking great, and they have a a long standing reputation for being haunted in various in various ways. There is a a veteran actress who perhaps um, has some some standing there. There is there was a bag of bones found in the walls that. <laughs> has a creepy story behind it, and the the suite we're staying in, I believe, was once inhabited by one Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, so if if, nice. and it, if that turns out to be wrong, I will I will apologize. But that that all indications lean lean toward that. So it will be a a fine addition to the spooky season. Yes, we're going to try to commune timing. with the spirits. Yeah. And uh, so we're planning to take a Ouija board with us. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I've got some electronics uh, that we're going to bring, see if uh, we can get the spirits to talk to us, maybe through the electronics, if we just can't hear them through the ether itself. And um, ooh, that, that <laughs> very creepy and spooky. Yeah. <laughs> huh. All right, then. And our uh, co-host yeah, that so, couldn't make it on has given me some sage to ensure we don't bring anything back with us. Right, right. <laughs> we will we will appropriately sage ourselves to uh, protect Jenna Thank from you, any Jenna. Uh, <laughs> any co- uh, ghost uh, COVID like symptoms. <laughs> um, yeah, so that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that. We're gonna we're going up there. We're gonna spend all night in the haunted suite. And see if we can detect any paranormal activity. And if so, we will uh, we will we'll, we'll tell you what we found on our uh, next episode. So uh, you'll definitely want to tune in for that. It should be fun. So little uh, little getting us into the October Halloween spirit. <laughs> tune in to see which of the hosts gets sacrificed <laughs> and which get possessed. <laughs> Seth, it'll probably be me. And which comes away with nothing. I'm the only bachelor going up there. So I, that, that, that's <laughs> what ghost wants to possess me? They'd just be like, ow, this hurts. Why does your <laughs> knee hurt? And it's like, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you all for tuning in for another episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we hope you're looking forward to uh, next week when we will uh, have our special Argo Ghost Hotel show. Put on some, uh, put on, turn out the lights. The party's over. Light a candle or two and tune in and find out all the creepiness. All right. Thanks, Stu, for joining us. We're looking forward to seeing you next weekend up there at Argo. And uh, have fun, y'all. Be careful out there. (laughs) Hold on. Here we go. Cut. Cut. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well.